This episode of the Case for Safety podcast contains explicit language. Welcome to the Case for Safety podcast. Our conversations with safety experts aim to share ideas and insights you can use to help your organization benefit from efforts to improve worker safety and health. I'm your host, Scott Fowler. It can be challenging navigating the business world as you work toward a successful career. Here today to talk about some of the steps women can take to achieve success is Trisha Kegerer. Trisha is Executive Vice President of Jordan Foster Construction, LLC. She is also the author of The B-Words. 13 Words Every Woman Must Navigate for Success. And we're going to spend some time today talking about those words and uh, and a whole lot more. So uh, with that, I'll uh, bring on Trisha. Trisha, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate it. Glad to have you. So now, uh, in your book, you talk about the the challenges women face in the business world and how they can overcome those. So I thought we could start there by kind of giving an overview of, of some of the biggest challenges women face in the workplace. Well, absolutely. So I wrote the book about, actually today's the one year anniversary of its launch. So it's very fitting that I'm here today talking to you about the B words. Uh, I called the book the B words. It's 13 words women must navigate for success. And the idea is it kind of follows the trajectory of a woman's career and kind of the challenges that they face, whether it could be starting out limiting beliefs. What is it that society has been telling you? What's a prohibition? And then what do we tell ourselves? Inhibition. And sometimes we can be our own worst enemies by saying things like, well, women don't do that, or I can't do that because I want to have a family, or I took some time off so I can't go back into my career. So beliefs is kind of the real foundation of the book. And then it goes from when you're a babe, when you're just starting out, um, you maybe graduated from college, and you're trying to figure out what do you want to do, and how do you navigate these weird situations that you find yourself in. Unfortunately, we sometimes project to being a bitch. (laughs) There's the B word. That's the name of the book. So that word is in there. And uh, and that's all about uh, how how you navigate as you become more successful in your career and you own your truth and you know your profession. There can be a tendency to be experiencing on the other side being called a bitch. I talk about bonds, which is relationships, and then bravery and bridges is what men and women can do to build communities where we're all working together to create uh, welcoming workplaces for everyone. That is a perfect segue into my next question. I'm glad you said that because I know that's one particular aspect I was interested in is in that that relationship building, uh, building bridges in the workplace, you know, navigating those interpersonal dynamics. I mean, these are important skills in any field, of course, but for for women in the safety profession who, you know, who are working to keep people safe as well as, you know, working with their management, getting buy-in for their initiatives and things like that, you know, what advice would you give them to help strengthen those skills? I would say that I believe that the safety profession, it's really nice to be uh, seeing that there's more and more diversity within our profession than there was 20-something years ago when I first started in the industry. And my goal is to continue to do my part to change that dynamic and do everything I can to bring more women into the workplace. And to be able to be able to navigate that, it's all about relationships, right? So in, in the safety profession, more than any other profession, 
is all about how do you influence people to be a leader that you would follow, to maybe have someone do something that they in a different way that they've done before. And if you can make that connection with that person, you can change things and you can actually potentially save their life or save them from an injury. So it's a very noble cause, but it really does start with how do you develop those relationships? And so I think everyone, including women, need to be uh, more willing and able to to go out and forge those relationships. One thing that women do bring to the safety profession is that ability to form that relationship in a way of uh, from a nurturing perspective. Everything we read in the professional safety now talks about relationships and it talks it's no longer about compliance. Yes, there's rules. We have to follow the rules, but at the same time if you get people to follow your rules, you got to develop a relationship. And it starts with caring and having the courage to forge and have a conversation in maybe a different way than, than, than we've done in the past. Something you, you just touched on there, that the, the profession is much more diverse than it was maybe 20, 30 years ago. How can we keep that momentum moving forward? When it comes to the safety profession specifically, what are steps, you know, that organizations, business leaders, you know, even ASSP can take to help both bring women into the profession and help support them throughout their careers? Well, um, part of part of it is seeing and seeing people that look like you doing what you want to do, um, and that starts when we're very young. Like back in my day, I fell into the safety profession, and I think a lot of people did back in my time. Um, now there's degree programs in safety, and there's school to go to be to be a safety person. I I kind of fell into it by by accident, right? And so, um, but I think it's really incur- people need to see someone who looks like me doing what I want to do. And so part of my journey with the B words is getting the word out there. Second of all, it's showing women in non-traditional roles in the workplace. Like I work in construction. So I was the only woman in the room for many, many years. And it was, I had nobody to ask for advice. I was just winging it and trying to figure this out. And it, it, sometimes it worked really well. And sometimes it was very, very challenging for me personally. Um, So my goal is to create opportunities to show that there are people doing all different kinds of things. Um, The reality is, even though women now have more education than any other, than, than men in university educations, women still gravitate toward nursing and teaching. We need nurses. We need teachers. Don't get me wrong. We need healthcare. But at the same time, what we want is our daughters to be able to say, why not me? Why can't I go do something different? And that requires us to have role models so I can see it, and then I can believe it can be me. Absolutely. I wonder if we could talk about that a little more. You, talk, you touched on, I know you talk about your, in your book, being a woman in a traditionally male-dominated industry. I know we've, we've talked about this a little bit, but you know, what were some of the most important lessons you learned throughout that experience and how it you know, helped you become the, the person you are today? So the, the biggest thing I would say is I was very fortunate to have someone open a door for me. And, of course, the only people back then in my time were men opening that door. So I had an opportunity that presented itself in the construction industry. But had it not been for Paco Jordan and Darren Woody, who were the presidents of the company at the time, 
opening that door for me, there was no way I was going to get in. Then once I got in, I really had to prove myself. So, And it was proving myself in every possible way. Why would they hire a woman to be out at a construction site? She doesn't understand. She doesn't know anything about this. Um, there was a lot of that kind of stuff going on. So in, in my, what worked for me, and, and I believe that uh, women and everybody, really, that's pursuing a career, you have to have a plan. And then you, you have to earn the right to be in the room, but then you have to stay in the room. You have to continue earning it. So I, education was very important to me. So I've always pursued, like my, I have my designation. I, I pursued my CSP. Um, I had to have those letters after my name to give me some credibility to keep that seat at the table, quite frankly. But it also helped me be a, a master at my craft. So I became, instead of just having a job, it was my profession. And it was intentional. I was very intentional. I would go and seek out advice from other safety professionals and ask them, how, how can I be regarded at, at the highest level within my profession? And, and had men, I, was, I guess I was willing to and not afraid to ask for help and not afraid to, to aspire to a plan. Something I just thought of, I know conversations I've had with a lot of safety professionals, looking at it from a a worker's perspective, you know, there's challenges for women in, you know, properly fitting PPE, and there's challenges that they face that their male counterparts may not face. You know, how can the the perspective of having, you know, a woman in the role of a safety threat, how how do you feel like that can help create safer workplaces? I think it's critical to creating safer workplaces, because um, quite frankly, we come at it from a potentially different lens where it's it's about how are we going to make things better for these people out there that are potentially in harm's way and then changing the conversation to be about I'm actually coming from a place of care about you and it's one thing to say we want everybody to go home the way they came to work and that's important and I'm very glad that that's caught on within our industry but then how do you do that and that's by making a personal connection. And that's by developing a relationship with someone where give me an opportunity and I'm here in your best interests. And I think women are pretty darn good at that. And we need a culture of care in, in our industry. And these industries where the bro code is the way of the world, where it's male dominated, they have the highest rank of suicide in the United States construction being one of them. I can't think of a better way to create a culture of care than to have quite women that are naturally, not everyone, but a lot of women are naturally nurturing. That's what was missing in these industries. And that's how you create change. And the change is good for everyone. It's not just good for women. It's good for men, too. Absolutely. I'm really glad you mentioned that. I've, I, that's a subject I've read a lot about. I've written, I, I remember a couple of years ago, I wrote an article specifically about the issue of suicide in the construction industry. And like you, you talk about, you know, the kind of the, the caring, the caring nature and things like that. How have you, what ways have you found really successful in kind of breaking through that code? 
It's having the courage to spark a conversation and to bring it to people's attention. And I've been working on the, um, luckily enough to meet uh, Cal Byer and Sally Spencer Thomas and be involved in this initiative for, for the last 15 years. I kind of knew about it because I'd worked in construction for so long. I, I saw firsthand and had, unfortunately, some experiences. But it was just not talked about. And now the reality is we're our, our, our industry and our culture is changing to where we realize that it's not just about the physical well-being of a human being. It's, it's all about also that requires us to be okay in our, in our mental well-being also. Um, so it's, there's, now there's resources out there. And people still often have a very big taboo about, I don't need to talk about this. This is something that you deal with at home, under the radar. We do not bring that kind of stuff to work. But we spend most of our time at work. And it's really about forging relationships and being comfortable asking difficult questions that could save a life. And that's safety. The interesting thing is I've had the opportunity to speak at conferences on um, mental well-being in the workplace and talking about breaking the bro code. And um, I've spoken to rooms of 100% men. And when I've asked the question, if you were in need, if you were going through something and you felt like you were in a desperate need and not in a good place with depression and anxiety, and someone handed you an employee assistance card, would you ever call? And nobody raises their hand, nobody. And I've done this across the US. And so we have to do more from a, from a perspective of uh, how do we get people to feel like they could reach out and get support. And that comes from having a one-on-one -on -one relationship with someone that's checking in with everyone. So it, it's about being our brother's keepers. Um, it's about being able to be more than just a paycheck at work. But that drives everything. That drives safety. That drives productivity. That drives quality. We want to create environments where people feel like they're a part of something and that they make a difference. I know I, in, in construction and otherwise, I've had conversations with people where, you know, maybe your organization has an EAP, mm -hmm. but your employees aren't aware of it, or they're, they just don't know about what resources are there, and particularly with an EAP that, that comes with the confidentiality mm -hmm. that people might be more comfortable speaking out about these issues before it's too late so they can get the help that they need. Absolutely. It's um, sometimes you mentioned earlier, you asked me earlier about what can organizations do. I think it's really recognizing when you're just checking a box. So an employee assistance plan is an excellent tool. But if the only thing you do is, okay, so how am I going to respond to mental well-being in the workplace is, oh, I have an employee assistance plan. Nobody knows about it. Nobody knows how to access it. It's a 1-800 number on a, on a wall somewhere that nobody goes to. That's not enough. It's creating the opportunities to connect and push information out to where it's needed most on a regular basis and forging those relationships. Okay. Is anything else you'd like to add as we wrap up? My, my goal is to do everything I can to support women in the workplace and, and in particular in the safety profession because I absolutely love the safety profession and I was fortunate enough to find it. Um, so please check out my book, um, The B Words, 13 Words 
um, women must navigate for success. It's good for men too. There's the Bridget's chapter in there and it's available on Amazon. And I do have a website. I interview women um, and do a blog post about women in leadership's role. It's at trishakager.com. Okay, great. Yeah, I hope I uh, encourage uh, folks to, to take a look at that and think about how they can use it to help advance in their career. So uh, thank you so much again for being here. I appreciate your time. I appreciate it. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Case for Safety podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us at ASSP.org and follow us on Twitter at ASSP Safety. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.